Welcome to the Humanize IT Podcast, and we're in episode three with Gina, and today we're gonna to talk about relatability from failure to funny. So Gina, tell us a little bit about this topic and how it fits into the previous two. Well, we when we're looking at improv and how are we funny on stage, a lot of the funny comes from failure. And failure is such it's such a gift that people are afraid of. So when people, you know, when people sign up for a class, they're they're so worried about looking bad and they're so worried about making mistakes and they're so worried about the exercises they're going to do, and they're so worried about looking stupid in front of other people. I've accepted usually... my stupid a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and when I tell people, especially when they, they're new in an improv class, I say, if you're worried about how you look, nobody cares. Nobody's watching you. Because everybody's worried about themselves. So it's true. they're not focusing on you. They're focusing on themselves, right? So like when I say it that way, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not paying attention to the other guy. I'm so self-centered. I'm worried about myself. So so there's that piece of it. But in the failure comes the funny because people relate to failure more so than they relate to perfection. Right? I don't relate to the supermodel. I just don't. And she's got her own or he's got his own failures that they deal with. But I can't relate to that. So when we want to when we want to be funny, like we say, we don't teach funny, funny happens. But when we're looking at comedy, there are two keys to comedy, repetition and contrast. Relatability is a form of repetition. Because it's like, oh, you have the same life I do, or you have the same experience I do. That's a form of repetition. That's a form of relatability. So when we can connect or commiserate on something that we have in common, we can find the funny in it, right? Like, um, I think you and I have talked about this, like the Office TV show. Yeah, yeah. People are going to relate to that show the people who work in offices, they all know those characters. If you don't have an office job, you might not find that show funny because you can't relate to it. It's so when we find that relatability part of it and all of the idiosyncrasies of human beings and their failures, we become attracted to that. When we're on stage and we are literally taking a risk to create a show without a script, our chances of failure are really big. Well, right? because and to to segue off that, one of the things I like to talk to people about is accepting failure. The idea there is that we we spend so much time trying to hide our failures mm-hmm. that we don't give permission to other people to talk. So I often will refer to shiny people. They mm-hmm. they don't fail. They always say the right thing. And they're always doing the right thing. And then when you look at their social media profiles and they're shiny, it's like Mm -hmm. this brand new car. And, you know, the older I have gotten, the more grungy I get. Like, you know what? I'm okay with failure. You know, I'll talk to people honestly about who I am. And I find out when I'm honest about like going through a depression or going through uh, like a hard time figuring out how to be a parent, that it gives other people permission to talk about the same thing and relate and that 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 relationship deepens. Exactly. And 
it also deepens in like we can laugh at it and we be, we can become self-deprecating about what our failures are like i'm i'm known for screwing things up all the time and i just <laughs> laugh at myself for like yeah i did that again or you know i'm known for being clumsy and i'm like i like that don't put i like that moment in everybody's <laughs> mind like well that just happened versus oh my gosh the world's falling apart but looking at it in a positive unchuckling at yourself going well that happened <laughs> that happened <laughs> there was one time when i was a teenager i was really mad i was having a really bad day i grew up doing farmhand activities and i mean it was just one of those rage inducing moments as a teenager where you're just you know, I have gotten my car stuck in like six feet of mud. I've gotten a tractor stuck and my my farmhand partner came out and got me and he had this little hatchback car. I get in his car and I slam the door shut in anger and the window shatters all over both of us. And we just sat there quietly. And he just looks at me. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'll pay for the window. And we started laughing about it because it was just. Could things have gone worse? <laughs> and it became this funny moment. And I'm sitting there with glass shattered all over me from this car door because I slammed it so hard out of frustration. My emotions switched that fast. So that just happened. Well, think of, think about your choices. Your, your choice is to, to get upset and cry or be angry or your choice is to laugh it off. Yeah. Right? And so in the, in the laughter, you know, you... You start to see like this wasn't such a serious issue or such a serious problem. Um, you you look at successful people who fail, and there's a lot of them, or successful people who have gone bankrupt or their businesses have folded and then they like rise from the phoenix and they do it again. Successful people who fail become our heroes. We we love we love a, they, we love a hero story. We love a hero story, and it's like oh. That person can fail and still get back up and rise again. I want to be that person. That is the, those are the stories that inspire people, that motivate people, that push them through the, that one last hard thing that happened to them. It forces them to get up. But the perfect people, they're unapproachable. It feels unattainable to be that perfect. And so you're not inspired by that. You'd rather be around people who are more like you and then you find the funny in it. And you talk about embracing failure. I say embrace failure. I also like to set, encourage solicit failure. Mm. Solicit failure, like break something so that you can make it better. Break something so you could fix it to be better. Break something, fail at something so you can innovate and, and find a new use for the situation. If my parents are listening right now, this is why I broke so many things when I was a kid. <laughs> I love taking things apart and then like figuring out how they worked. And sometimes they didn't go back together quite the same way. And um, th that's just, you know, in IT, we are perfectionists at rebuilding things from scratch. There's not an IT professional I know who's worth his salt or her salt who hasn't been in a situation where they... They sat there and looked blankly at the screen going, holy crap. Um, all right, let's do this. And then, you know, you you, you see your, your buddies are in the department or somebody else, you get on chat or something like that. And you're like, I just deleted blah. 
or I just, this just happened. Like this whole server farm just crashed and they're like, Oh, I've been there. And either they'll come over and eat some popcorn and watch you just sweat or they'll help out because they've been there. And because they've been there, they, they, they get that they relate to it. And so you'll find, and they, and, and they're laughing at you at the same time. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, been there. You know, <laughs> sucks to be you. Yeah. And, you know, you find yourself around a pint, you know, later on that week and you're all telling horror stories. And yeah. And then, yeah. And then you're telling stories about it and you're laughing. That's why we love the fail of the week in this podcast. It's like anytime we can find a fail story that other people can relate to, we want people like, you're not the only one who's been there. You're not the only one who accidentally killed a 10 gig connection across data centers. You're not the only one who spoke the wrong words to a business owner. Yeah. 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 And and, and in the failure, uh, you're showing some level of vulnerability and people love vulnerability. People love when you're more human and and human being more human comes from the vulnerability part. I, you know, I think about all the times we again going back to being on stage as performers, we're at a high risk of failing because we don't have a script. We have a structure, but we don't have a script. And you can get a suggestion from the audience and the audience is, you know, the audience kind of wants to trip you up because they want to see what you can do. They're your enemy. Because they think they're having fun. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "Ooh, let's see if they can actually do this." They want to see you fail because it makes them feel better about themselves. Think about Little it. Little does Gina right? realize Again, this is the sixth time she's had this suggestion in the past month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I've gotten suggestions and I had no idea. I'm like, "I don't know what hydroponics is." I don't. <laughs> what? But it's even Fair. funnier when you when you see somebody up there like they don't know what hydroponics is. That's obvious. But they're trying to run with it. And you're like, okay, where are they going? Exactly. Oh, I see what they're doing here. <laughs> exactly. You you commit. You commit to it because this is another thing in improv. If you don't know what it is, we we, we say com- just commit to – just make a choice and commit to it and, and follow through on it. And the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to fail and you're going to get it wrong and, and people are going to laugh at you. That's the worst thing that's going to happen to you. What's it? Is it? Is it the Family Guy humor, or who is it? This is like make it go horribly wrong and get to the awkward stage and keep pushing, and it'll and oh, then yeah. it'll become funny again and it'll be even worse. So I tell my kids like, if you do something absolutely embarrassing, just own the crap out of that, and it'll be socially acceptable. It becomes socially unacceptable when we try to hide our failures. If you trip in the middle yes. in the middle of a cafeteria and spray your food everywhere, own it. Own it. <laughs> and and that's and that's and people love people will laugh at anything that's a like a a physical kind of thing of like I mean, why do we laugh when people fall? We're like, "Oh, oh, sorry." <laughs> like because I, it's it's like this knee-jerk reaction that we do it without thinking and for some reason we laugh at it and i think it's because it's like oh thank goodness that that wasn't me oh but is there right? anything more relatable than tripping exactly <laughs> to your point exactly and so if you like if you if you do it and like i'm like i meant to do that like i i fell a year and a half ago at a networking event and um and i was like mortified and i like i got up as fast as i could and everybody was like oh, 
I'm like, nothing to see here. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, nothing to see here. All good. We're all good. And I went and I sat at the bar with a friend. I'm like, get me some ice. <laughs> and um, I watched I watched my hand swell up and I watched it start to move inwards. And I'm like, this isn't looking good. Sure enough, I broke my wrist in every possible way, oh, no. every bone. And um, you're like, it's all, everything's fine, nothing to look at. Next thing you know, I'm like in a cast for four months. And um, and and you know what? In that crazy fail, I learned so many things because I broke my right hand, um, kind of the one I use all the time. You, you you forget how often you need your right, your right hand. You you forget how important a thumb is. You you like, you know, just like opening a can and you gotta like you push your hand down on a you know on those pop ups. Yeah. You don't think about it. Just, just try it sometime. And like I couldn't move my hand because I had I had a I know people can't see us but I had a a thing a bar that went from the middle of my finger all the way down my arm. So my hand. I could only move the tops of my fingers. I couldn't I couldn't do anything with my wrist. So I was like frozen. My hand was frozen for like 4 months. I mean I love the I'm not going to I think I love the failures where um you become associated with the failure. So like it gets me known as oh God, pulling yes. a Gina, pulling an atom, yes. pulling an atom like oh, oh, he's pulling an atom. You know, and I play a yeah. lot of uh board games and uh, I am a brutally honest person. If you ask me any question, I will give you an honest answer always. It's just part of my personality. But if you play like an intrigue game with me, the, the so things are things are all all bets are off. And so I it's it's known as pulling an atom when um, you do something so hilariously horrible to people that there's no one expected it. <laughs> it's like oh, I pulled an atom and, and won the game. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, who did you, yeah. who did you, who did you ruin? <laughs> well, you know, what's so funny about that is that the unexpected then becomes the expected norm. Like we know Adam's gonna do something like he's going to screw something up. We just don't know what it is. So you kill him off early <laughs> just so you don't have to <laughs> deal with it. But we know. I, I see that happen in business too, where you you make you do a faux pas in the middle of a uh, a meeting you know maybe you farted in the middle of a meeting or maybe you walked up to do a presentation and had nothing prepared and so you just wing the whole thing and um you know for me like i have one of the worst um business uh habits of anybody it's always a groaner. I am a notoriously late person. If you invite me to a meeting, I am almost always late. And as one of my one of my coworkers uh, once said, it's like I am overly optimistic with my time, and it's just part of my personality. And I work very hard to try to be the meetings on time. But anywhere I've ever worked, it's like as soon as I hear. Uh, one of my my bosses like they love people being on time. I'm I'm so screwed, and I'll just own it with them. Like, look, <laughs> I'm going to work my hardest to be here like ten minutes ahead to just understand that I am notoriously late. I I'm always like getting sidetracked or thinking I can get one more thing done before the meeting, okay. and uh, 
you know, I try to find the funny in it because I know it's a serious problem of my failure. <laughs> I am horrible. Let's just own I'm always going to be late. I'm not going to fix it. It. I, I work very hard to fix it. And I try to be open about that because if I try to hide it, it just gets worse. Well, it, cre- it, it, it creates a trust issue. Mm-hmm. So when you can fail and admit it, people are more likely to trust you. If you are going to fail and hide it, um, you're just going to lose trust. So fail, fail forward, fail big, solicit failure. Don't just embrace, like sometimes we need to solicit failure to like change something or disrupt a pattern or change the status quo. We have to on purpose, screw it up. Yeah. And that's how you get better. Uh, you yeah. know, never trust anybody who hasn't failed. And in no. in the cyber in no. the cybersecurity arena for a while there, I don't know if it's still the state, but it became a badge of honor if you had had a breach. Mm. If you were a CIO or a CSO who had been through a data breach, as in somebody hacked your environment, you were more desirable for a leadership role because you had been through something. Whether you were fired or not is beside the point. What is what is the point is when they looked at your resume, like I've been through a breach. Here's what happened. They let me go for PR reasons or whatever. Here are the lessons I learned from it. You became a desirable employee at that point. Well, this this just this just dawned on me that I didn't think about this and I and I want to write this down. I want to forget it. With failure comes resilience. So if if you fail and you get knocked down, you have to persevere and bounce back. And if you have enough failures, you have to have some level of resilience. And that becomes a really valuable skill. Yes. To companies is like, how resilient is this person? How how will they handle a crisis? Let's just think about getting through COVID. Um, hell, gosh, I feel like I've been run over by a truck back and forth a hundred times this year. And people will say to me, you're so calm (laughs) of all the things that have happened to me, you know, personally and professionally. And I'm like, I think it just became part of my DNA to be like, all right, what am I, what, what gift am I going to get out of this wreckage? Yeah. It's, you know, it's also emotional exhaustion and don't ever discount that. Yeah. Is uh, you see somebody going through a rough time or having like. Uh, a number of failures in a row in their life and they just need a win or maybe they've got a sick family member or maybe you got a sick family member and things are rough at work and you watch them and they're just level and i had a a very wise person in my in my life tell me like you got to watch out for your friends and emotional exhaustion that levelness you see that's a warning flag when they're not laughing at their own failure or they're not crying from their own failure that 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 levelness, that lack of response, you, you got to mm-hmm. snap them out of it. Go relate to yeah. them, and ask how you can help. That's a, that's a really that's a really good point, you know. And I say I'm like, I'm I'm level, but I think I'm level because I laugh at it. I, I'm level because you know, I think I'm calm because I'm like that just happened, and the, oh that just happened. Oh, oh and now that oh okay, um, I, I, but it creates a calmness because I know I can get back up. Yeah. Uh, you've been through something worse or yeah. you know in the past you've gotten up, you're going to get up this time. I've always gotten up. <clears throat> always. And, you know, it's that moment where you sit there and go, 
it's starting to become funny because so many bad things are happening at once. Oh my gosh. And any business owner right now, if you're running a business right now, you know exactly what we're talking about. Like, all right, what's this month? <laughs> you know, what's this week? And you... Well, let's... Yeah, let's go back to that whole funny um, repetition, you know, in, in comedy repetition and contrast. The continuous failures right? That's a repetition over and over again. All you can do, I mean, people do laugh at me this year of like everything that's gone wrong. Now, the beauty is just about everybody I know has had multiple failures this year. Yeah. So we're all in it together. So we all laugh about it. My my standing um, thing on Facebook is whenever somebody starts talking about how horrible things are, and I, my response is from business owners, welcome to the party, pal. And the Bruce Willis mm-hmm. sitting up there in the skyscraper from Die Hard. Because it's such a crap show right now. And we're all yeah. just trying to do our best to get through it. And we got to understand that just because my shit show isn't like yours, doesn't mean it doesn't stink. You know, yeah. that we got to help each other together. We, we've got to work through this and find solutions and not wallow in the failure. Yeah. But like laugh about and- it. Like, oh. I say, and and you just got to laugh about it. I just, I was on someone else's podcast earlier today and um, he wanted to talk about, you know, my theater getting shut down during COVID and then getting it reopened. And um, I'm pretty, you know, pretty vocal on social media. And he's like, did you really call the governor's office? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I have cell phone numbers. I, I mean, I became the poster child of, you know, every antic I would post and, 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 my podcast co-host is annoyed with my push. She's like, are you going to keep ranting about the governor? I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to keep ranting about all of this because A, someone needs to do it and B, some people actually get a kick out of my rantings because I'm like, oh, oh what? Oh, strip clubs are now deemed essential but not comedy clubs? Oh, okay. I told you, you know, what like, my solution I, was to that, Gina. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. You know, so it's like, you know, you just, you laugh at, I'm like, what What stupid, crazy thing is going to happen next in this chapter going on? And so that's when I start soliciting it. I'm like, come on, bring it. You know, bring another one because it's going to make a really good story. You have to accept that in your life, bad things are going to happen, that life isn't fair. And if you accept those two truths, then you can roll with them. Don't be surprised that something crappy happened to you. Just be yeah. like, all right, here we go. And, you know, in, in the longer you live, the more epic those stories become. Yeah. And that's okay, yeah. but you you don't want to give up. You You want to give permission to other people to tell their stories so they can relate to each other's failures. And like, hey, you know, when that happened to me... Here's what we did. First, <laughs> we cried. Well, here's here's the <laughs> other thing. People are more like more willing to help you when you fail because they want to lift you up because there's some level of sympathy yeah. or empathy. And now you have more resources of people helping you recreate or innovate. You, you know, you're doing all the right things and you're perfect. Nobody wants to be around you. You got together. You don't need my help. You don't need my help. So, Fail. <laughs> so tell fail. tell me your fail story for the week, or did we already hit it at some point in here? Oh my gosh, we've had so I've had so many fail stories, but the one that um, I always tell in in improv classes, um, improv classes that I used to have live, which are coming back. I had a student 
show up to a show and uh, he was in the audience you know, because we encourage our students to come to a show because you know it's another way to learn see 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 it in process of what you're learning so I always interact with the audience and I you know interacted with him and I'm like oh what brings you here tonight and you know what what brought you to the show and he goes I'm one of your students <laughs> and I was like my inside voice was like, you are? And you are the most forgettable I, person I've ever met. I didn't I didn't recognize him. I didn't recognize him. You know, that's, honestly, transparently, I didn't recognize him. And number of reasons, I, I met him once or twice, right? So he'd only, we'd only been on the first or second week of class. It's dark. He's sitting in the audience. You know, I can't really see his face. And I barely knew him because maybe I met him once or twice. So I was so mortified. I'm like, well, that makes me such an excellent teacher. Everybody sign up for the next improv level one where I will forget who you are. And all night I jabbed at myself through the whole show of being the forgetful teacher. And the next, the next class night, <laughs> the entire class showed up with name tags. Oh, gosh. And, and, and all of the name tags had the same <clears throat> name, Matt, Matt. So they were all his names. Oh, my gosh. Hello, I'm Matt. Hello, I'm Matt. Hello, I'm Matt. And so to this day, to this day, I will go, I'll visit a class that's not my class, you know, that I'm not teaching. So I can at least meet the students and see their faces and then try to remember who they are. So, you know, I embraced it and I, I admitted to it. And, you know, there are no excuses. Just I don't remember you. Yeah, I'm I suck. I am horrible with names. Even if I've known you for a long time, I will just like um that one lady from Pivot 10. You know, I'll do that. And so my wife and I have a little trick uh that if I ever introduce myself as Ken Adam or if I introduce her as Regina Falange, <laughs> then she knows that I am stuck in a conversation That's with somebody awesome. where I should know their names, but I That's have completely awesome. spaced it. And it's all came from a bad situation. Well, I shouldn't say a bad situation. We went to all things, a second city performance here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm. And it was my first time ever. And during intermission, I started talking to these people that evidently I had either gone to college with or high school with or something. And they knew me really well. To this day, no clue. But my wife comes up and asks us and introduces herself like, oh, who are you talking to? I'm like, oh, we go way back. And like, I'm totally like improving this whole thing. And I should have just owned it and said, I have totally spaced your name. But that from yeah. that came the Regina Falange moment. And so if she introduces me as Ken Adams, I know it's the same thing. So if you're a Friends yeah. fan out there, you know these two names. <laughs> it's the fake names of Phoebe and um, uh-huh. Joey. And so it's just us having fun with our failure. And Have fun with it. Own it. Own it. You know, and I want my kids to take that away, too. It's like, don't be, it's okay to be embarrassed, but just own it. And everybody will be, will roll with you. Yeah, there's nothing better than laughing at yourself, honestly. I mean, laughter just is is just better. Nope. Don't be embarrassed, just laugh. Well, I thank you for coming on today, Gina, and I am looking forward to episode four next week. Thank you. Ooh, thank you. Thank you.